Well, we have another spring one coming up. Now, this year, it's just spring one, no platform. It's implied. The platform is implied in there. Like, uh, how does that joke go? What's an English grammar where the something's implied? Like, it's, it's, uh, there's some phrase where it's like that, that is, uh, I don't know. You don't, to, you don't have to pronounce it because it's in there or you do pronounce it. I before E except after C. Right. Is except that right? For all okay. the, except for all the, 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 the things that break the rules. I'm, we're working on spelling with my son and, uh, oh boy. I'm like, this is the rule except for like, Oh, you, right. Oh, you makes this sound except for the times where it makes the, uh sound. And then the time that makes the, Ooh sound. Yeah. That's super fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing they don't tell you about English when you're learning it is just like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so many exceptions. You'll just, it is, eventually you'll remember. <laughs> uh, just don't, yeah, I can't imagine what it's like yeah. to learn English as a second language. Like it's, cause you know, I've, I've, I've gone through, I don't speak any of these either at all or much at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, in, in my career as a mm-hmm. student, I've learned uh, Japanese, French, Spanish, and a tiny bit of Dutch. Oh. And, you know, they, they start off try, trying to, well, the Dutch one I learned in slightly a different way, more of an immersion, not immersion, but sort of less structured. But the other ones, they start off in a structured way. They try to tell you right. the theory of the language and how it goes and like the grammar and the structure. And just like with English, I don't know what you would do. You right. would just be like, over here, we've got some rationality and grammar and theory. And this is, this is sort of like, you know, when you go to the Lego store and there's that display of a cool built Lego mm-hmm. uh, set. <laughs> and then you go home and you've got a giant box just full of crap. Like, and that's, that's more or less like what the rest of English is. And yeah. it's just like, what you can basically do is you can take these pieces and assemble them together. And every now and then, actually more frequently than you would like, you come across this one Lego piece and you're like, I have no idea what this is <laughs> or how this would fit into anything. And it makes no sense. And at one point, all of these Legos were a cool city and a dragon. And yes. now they are just a pile of bricks in a box that yeah. when I put them together, just look like, you know, uh, a plastic factory threw up and it solidified into something that had 90 degree mm-hmm. angles. And I think that's, <laughs> that's sort of like, that's English for you. It's, yeah, uh, that's how it go. goes. There we go. <laughs> but you know, something that's not disorganized, Rita, is spring one and the agenda in it. It's very well curated and put together. Now Absolutely. it is presented in English. So yep. we got that going on. But yep. I want, I, you know, we wanted to go over uh, some of the sessions we're looking forward to. Now it's being broadcast tomorrow, September 2nd and 3rd. Mm-hmm. It's live. You can uh, sign up for free. It's great. Now, also, if you haven't heard this in time to uh, go to sign up for it and check it out, we'll have the videos online eventually so you can go look at them. But, you know, it's more fun to see it live because you'll be able to ask questions. And uh, do I have this right? Like we have the sessions are like 25 minutes or 45 minutes. And then there's like a hallway Q&A hallway. I'm doing air quotes for like 15 minutes. So you can go ask people things afterwards. It's, it's, That's right. It's, uh, seems like it'll be sophisticated to use yes. an English word. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. And there's some fun from fun sessions. And you know, I have to say, not to be too self-congratulatory, although I had nothing to do with it. I love the way that the schedule is laid out this year mm. online. It is clean, easy to read. It's got good colors. I just found it so easy to navigate. And uh, so I want to thank our, our web people for that. They did a great job. 
You know, that's true. I I think it'll be fun to see what the post-conference thing is too, because that's also, I think, a critical part for, uh, for an online conference. And, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, have you noticed that sessions, I think maybe from last year's spring one are still being posted on QCon? It's just sort of like the conference that never ends, like, like certain other vendors that have like 15 week conferences, uh, that that Yeah, I certainly go back and share sessions from last year, even 2018. I mean, because some of them are just timeless, if you will, you know, yeah. uh, particularly the, the customer-led sessions and the case studies, the lessons learned and all that. So mm-hmm. those are great. We've got tons of customer-led sessions, which we will be discussing today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and I, and uh, along with someone else, co-chaired the, uh, the, what did we call it, the Agile Leadership Track. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, this is what I always try to tell people when I'm trying to uh, get them interested in spring one is, is we, at least in the tracks that I'm involved in, we, uh, I know firsthand that we spend a lot of effort trying to get more or less as many uh, users, as it were, giving presentations as possible. Because of course, us on the vendor side are going to tell you how awesome things are. Like that's, yeah. that's, you're just going to hear that day and night. Uh, but it's nice to hear how people actually put things in place, the, uh, the tactics that they've done. And I think there'll be there'll be plenty of that as we've seen at uh, Spring One's past. So, anyhow, how about how about we'll go over we'll see what we have time for, but like two or three yeah. of the sessions, and then we can kind of laundry list the other ones. But with, okay. how about you start? Tell me one that you're uh, you're looking forward to. Oh gosh, well, uh, honestly, mostly because of the title, and I also the presenter is something I've worked with before is the T-Mobile blank it's on fire. I can't. Uh, it's an expletive, and there's. You look on the website, it's uh, got all those weird Asterisks. numbers and things on there. Uh, oh, yes. It's on Thursday. It's by T-Mobile, and it's talking about managing distributed systems. It's on Thursday, I think, at 8.30 Pacific time, 8.30 a.m. And mm. Brendan A. is presenting it with, with somebody else from T-Mobile, and I've worked with him. He's a great presenter, really gets it. Um, you know, they were one of the first pivotal customers uh, that I worked with and uh, they were the first to start using the term customers when they referred to their developers. Oh, that's At least fine. my experience, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know, maybe there were others as well. So I loved that. And I was always like, make sure you explain when you say customers, you mean internal developers, because yeah. that is that mindset, right? Uh, particularly from the op side that we're trying to instill in folks to change how they think about the platforms that they build and curate and manage, right? So yeah, that's on yeah. Thursday. You, you know, I, I think... you. Know, it always been a mystery to me that like uh, people are always uh, following and market sizing and stuff telcos, right? It seemed like like a weird space. And now now that I've had uh, you know talked with telcos, especially who who work with us in uh, whether it was at Pivotal or at VMware Tanzu or whatever, uh, you realize one they have huge scale, right? So all of this uh, kind of scaling talk that people are interested in, they have it, and two they are either real time or super near real time. So they've got that challenge. And then three, uh, like the other interesting thing about them is like, they generally provide, they provide not all of everything they do, but they generally provide a lot of services that everyone uses. So they're easy to understand. So it's sort of like, makes sense. Like they're not obscure, sort of strange, weird things. It's just like, yeah, when you make a phone call, every single thing that comes into you making a phone call has some software that we have that facilitates that. And then, and then also on the, uh, I don't know what they call it, but the cable side, right? Your Comcast of the world world. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all driven by software as well. So it's, 
sort of like, you know, the, the online banking software. Like it's a great place to get examples from because more or less we all understand banking because we tend to be involved in it unless we're mm-hmm. like tinfoil hat people. Uh, like, you know, you can get a good reference for like how, what the software is, the challenges people would have and, uh, you know, what, what, uh, why it's relevant as opposed to like, you know, for as great as use cases from music streaming services and advertising companies are, it's a very small slice of the, uh, the business world. Correct. And so it's, uh, unknown if those things are perfectly applicable to, to the, yeah. uh, the rest of the world. Love yeah. a telco. Yeah. They're, they're good. Uh, the other actually, okay. So I hate the term dev sec ops. I just think it's mm. kind of goofy. Nonetheless, it's what it is. It's here to stay. It seems like there's at least three sessions <laughs> that talk about it that I, that I think are going to be good. Two of them actually have it in the title, right? Mm. Um, one of them is called dev sec ops with confidence. It's on Wednesday at 1130 Pacific time. It's talking about shipping secure code faster. And actually, that's a that's a that's a theme that's in all three of these sessions, right? Um, you know, how do you maintain consistency and all that stuff? And the other one is um, a practical uh, practical DevSecOps using security instrumentation by uh, contrast security. Um, mm. Also sim- similar. And then there's another one uh, by Garmin called "Handling Secrets in Your Cloud Native Architecture." Oh, that's that one's, good. Yeah, that one's specific to Tonzo Application Service, right? It talks about how to integrate Tonzo Application Service with your backend security system. So mm. was, that trio was intriguing to me. And again, I found myself thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> yeah, Garmin's worked with us for a long time. Like I, I remember right. I, I even had uh, occasion to go to their office. Where is it? In is it Kansas Arkansas City? or Kansas? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's in Kansas. I, I was remembering it's in one of those places, one of those American Midwest cities that has a weird name because it's like Kansas City, but it's in Missouri. Like it, it, yeah. that's how Kansas City works, if I remember right. Correct. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there's and I think also there's like, one Kansas City, Kansas. Isn't there two Kansas cities? Or am I mm, making that up? Yeah. I could be yeah. making that up. This is a. Yeah. This is American school system geography, right? That's right. We were too busy trying to figure out uh, grammar, how a semicolon <laughs> works. It was one or the other. Couldn't do both. Uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 I need to write. I need to study how you can combine together a colon and a semicolon in a sentence and just write a little essay about that. Because that was a big, you know, I, I had to read a lot of Victorian literature uh, mm-hmm. being like an English. I was a major at one point, then I became a minor. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you encounter that a lot if you're paying attention and you actually read the Victorian literature, they love to like just throw in a colon and then a bunch of semicolons. And and that kind of like, that just like, speaking of the the, the trash heap that is English, that just boggled my mind, really? like what was going on there. It is like almost like proto-programming. If you understood the rules of what was happening, it probably made sense. Because I think, I think you can use a semicolon to both conjoin together very similar complete sentences, yeah. but also to demark a list of items. Okay. So you could almost say like, you know, Rita went to the grocery store because she was in need. She needed meat. You know, you would say colon, pork, colon, beef, colon. You mean semicolon. Or semicolon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyways, I need to look that up. That yeah, was a strange you know, digression. I love me a semicolon. That's my favorite of the punctuation punctuation marks. I don't know why, but I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, just, I like to use. I don't know because I think it's one of those. Because I th- I think it's because it's both a colon and a comma, and it's like it's very indecisive. 
Yeah. I love it's, it. It's right like there me. on the threshold. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's I can a, relate it's, to a semicolon. <laughs> if I were a punctuation mark, I'd be a semicolon. <laughs> it's, it's a regular, a regular liminal punctuation. It could uh, be a test. What's up? Yes. What punctuation mark are you? Yeah. <laughs> Personality test. Anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it's been fun looking through, you know, I, I think in the past two years, when you look through talks, there is a lot of like DevSecOps things. Right. And yeah. I, and I think, I think what, I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head, but I, I think maybe the security world has kind of uh, cottoned on to this notion of like automating things and kind of, as they say, shifting left. Getting involved yeah. in the process earlier is actually not only beneficial for my own personal sanity, but also results in better security and, and me being able to accomplish my job rather than sort of taking on the position of, um, I was remembering when I was talking with someone uh, yesterday that an enterprise architect once told me that like, rather than policing, they wanted to partner with people, right? And I think, I think security people uh, have this kind of policing mentality where they want to go and limit the damage that developers are doing rather than <laughs> facilitating them doing mm-hmm. things well. And, you know, I, 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 again, I have no basis for this, but I feel like security people have been sort of like coming over to, uh, to more of the optimistic way of looking yeah. at things. So, so that's nice. I think next we need to have the compliance people. Yeah. And, and I think that'll, I think that'll be tricky because I don't think most compliance people, and I don't mean this as an insult, I don't think most compliance people are very technical, right? Like I think they're, yeah. they don't quite. They, they want to make sure not, you're following the rules. Like these are the rules and you need to yeah, follow them. And I don't yeah. really care. And again, not to be, I'm not being dismissive of their, their work and value because that's important because some mm. of those rules are expensive if you break them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, the whole shift left thing. And I think about, you know, VMware is super hot on and really dedicated to um, this concept of intrinsic security, which is that Mm. all our products are going to have some, a certain level of security enhancing features, right. um, Throughout them. Right. And so like, I think of it as, you know, when you're cooking, you salt throughout the process. The salt at the end or the beginning. Let me interrupt you. Do you put salt in scrambled eggs before you scramble them? No, that I don't. Okay. But I also don't I, make I scrambled eggs because that's a, an abomination as far as I'm concerned because oh, yolk, oh. runny yolk, come on, Touché. man. Runny yolk is, makes life worth living. Although I will say I have had scrambled <laughs> eggs that they cook with the cream, like the French style that are oh, almost yeah. custardy. That's some good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, so, so the, to, to close out this, uh, yeah. that interrupting footnote, the reason okay. that I make scrambled eggs so much is I cook my kids breakfast tacos almost every morning. And <laughs> well, that's, that like, makes that's, what, yeah, right. that's what you do. Yeah. Right. But I'm a runny yolk person. So that's why. Anyway, I've, back to yeah. the thing. Intr- yeah. Intrinsic security. Um, and, uh, we need to have a security person come and join us on this and, and talk to us or maybe even mm. a couple of them. So, well, so if you're listening and you're into security, Give us a shout. <laughs> We'd love so to we've have got you a lot, on. We've, we've got a lot of spring one talks on that topic. Now, yeah. I, I, I have the, uh, so one that I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, so I did an interview over on um, my Software Defined Talk podcast. We do interviews on there every now and then. I just mm-hmm. talk about like inane infrastructure stuff. Uh, but I did one with uh, Jana Werner and uh, just talking about her experience at uh, Tesco, uh, Tesco Bank and a, um, a white paper that she wrote with Barry O'Reilly and she's giving a talk. I forget which day it's on, but she's giving a talk. That's basically kind of an experience report 
of doing product product management. Uh, and um, it's kind of driven by a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of interesting stories going on at the moment about because of like COVID pandemic, whatever you want to call it stuff. There's many organizations like hers that were forced to uh, do something very quickly, right? There was, as, as uh, one of the old uh, VPs of strategy I used to work for would say, there were some exogenous circumstances, uh, which is to say exogenous being an outside force. I think they call that okay. a, uh, a headwind. Okay. Uh, also right. is another, another BS okay. phrase all that right, people all use. All right. <laughs> but essentially, you know, uh, if you were in banking, there were a lot of government programs to give out mm-hmm. small loans and give money out. And someone needed to, one, I mean, you know, it's not just like a truck backs up and like in some World War II movie, they're throwing out a bunch of Hershey bars, right? Like you actually, I guess that was that one movie, right? uh, (laughs) Was it the Empire of the Sun? Uh, But, you know, anyways, it's not just like that. Like you have to like set up a program. People need to apply for it. They have to be tracked. You've got to have an approval process. You've got to like prove you've done the governance account. for Like there's a tremendous amount of software that had to be written like lickety split. Yep. And so in many examples, uh, you know, organizations, I think what's interesting is they, I don't know, this is a theory, is that they could have taken their time to sort of digitally transform to get better. But now they had a uh, exogenous force that required them to actually do it quickly. And, and I think, you know, this is a theory that I have. And I, I, have, I have like one of these executive roundtables later this week where I want to discuss this topic with people. But I think it sort of proved to people that like there was kind of sort of in two meanings of this phrase, no reason to not do it in the past. Right. Which is to say, one, they could have totally done it, but two, they didn't need to. (laughs) Right. So there there was really like, you know, it's fun to get better at software and it would be cool, but like (laughs) there's no pressing need to do it necessarily. Right. For a lot of organizations. And so they kind of I'm using this phrase like slow roll it, but they do it at an appropriate speed, right? It's sort of like, I don't know how you are, but it's not like my house is perfectly clean every single day. It only gets like cleaned up when it sort of needs to, mm-hmm. right? And like, similarly, like you don't have to always have your portfolio in a perfect uh, situation. Mm-hmm. You just do it when you need to. So anyways, like it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how with all of the, uh, the crazy stuff happening this year, how it's sort of proven to people that they can uh, get fit. Uh, very quickly. Yep. So her talk is kind of adjacent to that in the sense that like she, she, uh, she, at her organization and, and uh, also I think in doing kind of the work uh, with, with this O'Reilly guy kind of figuring out how organizations change. She has a lot of reflections sort of on the next step of that, which is like, once you've gone through this experience of kind of mm-hmm. being rushed to being forced to change and doing it kind of gleefully. Like that's one of the findings you you find out with these people is that people actually enjoy doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's, but <laughs> what, what do you do after that to kind of make it sustainable? Like how do you learn from what's happening there? How do you take the good parts and uh, kind of keep doing them? Oh yeah. That's and a good I, point. I, yeah. And I went over this talk with her a couple of weeks ago um, and she's got about like eight or six sort of high level items, kind of like patterns or, or lessons that she's had. And I'll, I'll go over one. I don't want to re- reveal too many. Okay. But, but I, I think, I think it's, uh, she's got a good, and this is, a, this is an example of the kind of talk that I always try to curate, which is like, mm-hmm. tell me actual things to do, right? Like mm-hmm. tactics of how to have good behavior. Um, and, and I think, I think one of, as an example of that, 
like one of the things that I think is important that she goes over in a couple of different ways is that it's really important to pay attention to, to spend time educating the executives or the leaders, right? Because a lot of time to be sympathetic to it, right? Um, the executives who are in charge of things, right? Who approve how you spend your time and your budget, your priorities, they sort of know, they know the effect that needs to happen, the end result, but they don't, it's not really their job to understand how it happens. <laughs> and so if you sort of go to them and you talk about like, we need this to happen and we need that to happen. And like, you've got all these complaints mm-hmm. and you haven't sort of like educated them about what's going to happen and what needs, you know, like what the expectations are be and how, you know, how things actually occur, things are going to be difficult. So in that same way that you want, as we were talking about earlier, you want to like shift security to the left, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you need to shift executives to the left, right? right? Like you've got to involve them early on and make sure that everyone's sort of like on board with how things are functioning and they know what to expect. And there's another, another point that uh, when we were going over that she raised up, which is it's easy to take this kind of idea very cynically, but I think it's more indicative. There's this phrase that years ago that I heard, which is it's applicable to all all walks of life, which is um, this is not for you. And, and this phrase applies, for example, if you're in a technical group and someone says, oh, I'm sorry, I've got to go work on the, uh, the Gantt chart to give it the weekly status meeting. And the phrase Gantt chart in our world just means that like you're doing things terribly wrong and you should, as they used to say a couple of years ago, reconsider your life choices. <laughs> um, however, it's not for you, right? Like if that's your reaction yeah. for some people, especially like in project management or like kind of way up the stack of executives, like a Gantt chart is a tool right? Like you can look at it, you know how it works. It's a perfect piece of information that allows you to understand what's going on and think about decisions and how you're kind of like going about your job. So sometimes you have to do that, right? Like whether it seems to make sense to the teams working on things or not, like it's, it's the interface that people want. It's like, sometimes you make scrambled eggs because that's what you put in (laughs) breakfast tacos. Yeah, exactly. I'm cool with scrambled eggs and breakfast tacos. It's fine. You know, you mentioned this loan processing thing, you know, Fiserv, actually, this is probably going to be a really good one. And it's on, oh, it's during, I think it's during this session that I'm emceeing. Uh, it's mm. on Thursday at 1.35 Pacific time. Fiserv is doing a session basically about how they process like $2 billion worth of uh, small business loans as part of that PPP, the the kind of mm-hmm. emergency loan thing from, from COVID. So it's super timely. And, um, and, uh, to your point, like they had to do this fast, they had to do this in days, <laughs> right? Right. So of course, Fiserv has been a pivotal and VMware customer for quite some time. So they probably had that foundation to move quickly, quickly, <laughs> you know, they could already do it. And I'm sure with some of your folks too. So, but, uh, yeah, that was a, that's a really timely one. And I think, um, your point uh, ampl- uh, amplifies your point here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's probably, I mean, this is our podcast, mm-hmm. so we can talk about ourselves, but I, I think yep. that is a point that's like worth emphasizing. And you, there was a, um, what it, it was that, uh, that Patrick Moorhead piece that he wrote about VMware. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like there's a quote from, uh, our friend Ian, mm-hmm. uh, and he, and he was talking about, and I, I've been seeing this as well, right? Like, as you were pointing out that, there are several organizations that have been working on putting their new stack in place, working on mm-hmm. their digital transformation or uh, getting better at software, you know, and, and to be baldly, uh, 
whatever about it, putting, as we would call it, the Tanzu application server in place or mm -hmm. other stuff that we have in the Tanzu portfolio. And they've been working on that for a year or more. And what that means is that like now that they need to be able to deliver on time accurately, then they can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> exactly. it's, uh, it's like, it's like a, uh, I was going to say a nice coincidence, but it's an intended effect yeah. of putting yeah. a good platform in Absolutely. place that, Absolutely. that you can respond. And Agility, right? <laughs> Talking yeah, about yeah, agile yeah. leadership, it, it allows yeah. you to be agile and respond to market demands, no matter how, and in this case, they were severe, dramatic changes, right? And they were quick. So yeah. you didn't, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, of course I did my the, my AR duty, right? As an analyst relations person, I did a bunch of inquiries with the analysts asking about what they're seeing uh, among their clients uh, with their modernization um, initiatives and efforts. And it's like the ones that have been going at it are doubling down, right? Because they're seeing how they were able to respond quickly. And the ones that, you know, were kind of doing it piecemeal here and there weren't getting the results. So they don't didn't understand the value. So yeah, we, yeah. actually, we're, we're doing some... Uh, in a, in a few weeks or around, around VMworld, we're going to be publishing a, a study, another study we commissioned with Forrester. It was a recontact study uh, talking about like how COVID has changed their modernization oh, yeah. efforts and IT budgets and stuff. So we should talk about fun. that at some point. Cause, cause yeah. I remember I listened to a, uh, a summary of it and there's some, there's some interesting stuff in there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's good yeah. stuff. Anyway. Yeah. I've digress. been, I've been, I, <laughs> I need to think about this some more, but I've been building this theory up in my head that there's, there's, there's not only, this is not exclusive to other modes, but there's kind of two mm -hmm. modes of doing business. There's like the uh, lowercase d disruption, like innovation business where you're just trying mm -hmm. to invent a better light bulb or whatever, right? And in that business, you come up with a new innovation and you figure out a way to have it exclusive to you so that you can charge as the Mark, Michael Porter's of the world would say, a premium and you can make a lot of money. Like Google and Facebook selling ads, right? Like just like, boom, they got that. Mm -hmm. So that's basically, I think that's the way that most people think business functions. They're just wily and innovative. But I think the way most businesses function is they've, they've already established themselves as that. And their job is to just not fail, <laughs> right? Is to sustain. I'm, I'm not using, since this is a uh, G-rated podcast, I'm not using the blanket up phrase. <laughs> but, but their job is to just like kind of go the course and make sure that they are resilient and bulletproof, right? And they just kind of chug along. And then in, in the best of all possible way, they just incrementally are better, right? So yeah. when someone like, like when NFC comes out and you need to do wireless payments, they're just like, no problem. Got it, yep. right? Or, or when curbside pickup is important, no problem. They can do it. Anyways, and so I think, I think it's really like that second set of people, of organizations that is the majority of cases out there and we in the tech world, we in the tech world, our business is pretty much based on that first set. Like we win by being innovative and having uh, the exclusive, we're the exclusive provider of it so we can charge a premium. Yeah. And so it's hard for us to kind of like understand, especially us thought leaders or whatever, to understand that other way of doing things. But that's the way uh, most stuff go. So anyhow, what, what's another talk that you're interested in seeing? Gosh, well... You know, there's too many to list here, but I noticed there's a bunch of event-driven type of mm. sessions um, that I think are going to be awesome. So if you're in the event-driven architecture crowd or interested in that kind of stuff, check it out. Uh, and also, hot topic, the hottest of topics, spring on Kubernetes. 
right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, like two great tastes that taste great together. I don't know. But, um, uh, you know, earlier in July, like mid-July of this this year, we, we announced the availability of uh, Spring Cloud data flow on Kubernetes. So mm. there's definitely some hotness going on there. We'll, we'll share some of that information in the show notes. But, um, you know what? BT also has, I think BT only has a keynote, but they also have a session that talks about their uh, consumer digital commerce services and um you know this would be again, uh, british telecom yes or telco you. i don't know if it's telco or telecom but whatever yeah um i, I don't either i just, i think they go by bt i'm just noticing that they're just doing bt these days you know it's sure. one of those like get it hip you know maybe um yeah. but it, i'm really excited for that one so they have a keynote there's a session you know it's like basically talking about um responsiveness to market dynamics and um customer demands and you know, uh, this is, they're talking about a revenue generating app that they, that they built. So that's mm. super fun. And, and, you know, I think that'll complement nicely uh, our friend, James Governor from Red Monk, who also has a keynote, by the way, at Spring One, did a series of interviews um, with uh, Rajesh from, from BT that talks about their whole, All right. I think they're calling it, um, oh gosh, I'm completely blanking on the name. Who is... Um, Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, he did a bunch of interviews with him. Uh, and uh, there's a series of those somewhere on our website. I'll try and dig them up for the show notes as well. So that should be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've actually talked with that uh, BT team several oh. times. Like, oh, I, I did there a little tour with them and with the, uh, the Canvas team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see that because having talked with them, like they actually are following the uh, platform as a service sort of idea where a bunch of operations people really take on that notion of DevOps and SRE and they build up a platform. You know, maybe we would have used to call this a cloud, but they build up a bunch of services that developers would use to completely Mm -hmm. act in a very self-service way. And the reason that I talk with them a lot is they did one of the parts that I think um, a lot of people don't think about until you logically come to it is they were doing a lot of internal marketing. So I was in London and um, Belfast. Where else was I? Some other like uh, uh, English town. And uh, they were just doing presentations to the teams there about we are the we're the canvas team. Here's our platform. You should come use it. Here's Mm -hmm. how it works. And they would just go around doing workshops for it. And they had an entire person on that team, not just half of a person. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had an entire (laughs) person just dedicated to that sort of. um, Yeah evangelism or yeah, advocacy. Internal evangelism. Which, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and so, and they've been doing that for a couple of years now. And so I think, I think a lot of what they would have to say is an interesting sort of um, early case of people doing software in that way that I think uh, will be good to say. Yep. You know, well, well, so, our, our okay. good friend Dormain actually wrote a blog post about, about how to do that, the kind of internal marketing of your platform. Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah. again, we'll try and dig that one up. It's one of those timeless pieces. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Timeless yeah, <laughs> no, that's a vital part of uh, fixing up how you do yep. software. So, so the last one I think to highlight, so there's a panel that I put together and Ooh. I called it, uh, I've always wanted to use this, uh, this trope from the, mm-hmm. I think it's the New Testament. I forget where, where it's from, but it's called manager heal thyself. And really the, re- the reason I, I know one. this <laughs> phrase to just kind of go down the, the tunnel is if you remember in Barton Fink, uh, there yeah. are these two detectives who are running around and there's the scene where there's a doctor whose head has been cut off okay. and the two snarky noir detectives are kind of going over it. And one of them is like, 
physician, heal thyself, right? Because his head <laughs> is cut off. And so I've always had that phrase in my head for some reason. Anyways, the point of this panel. So we, Jana Werner is on this and also um, uh, Neville from uh, Comcast. And then we have John Osborne, who's worked at uh, Greater American Insurance Company and Medtronics. And I wanted to have a panel that talks about that frozen middle or managers. Uh, and not only the middle management layer, but what if you are the managers of the managers, right? Like, so we spend a lot of time talking about like the product teams and the developers and how to get them converted over. But like, if you're managing managers, what do you do? Like, how do you transform them? And how do you, how do you, what even do you do with that? And, and then the, the second part of it that, that I'm always interested in is, uh, there's this phrase I think we still use called servant leadership where you're supposed to like help as, as a boss, you're supposed to more facilitate and help your employees out. And I've always wondered like, well, like, so then how do you get a promotion and get more money? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like how, like the, the way that a person in a company makes more money and gets promoted and whatever, let's just call that, success. I'm doing air quotes. The way that you further success is you have your bosses see that you are valuable and therefore you should be given more compensation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You should be given more money, more power, whatever. Right. And so like, if your job is to make other people look good, how do you get more money? And, and that's a very crass way of putting it, but how do you manage your career if like you're a servant? Right. And, and like, I don't know what the answers are. So it'll be interesting to see how, how you go about doing that. We should leave that as a talk for perhaps uh, your personal blog podcast. I'd love to get in there because I have, <laughs> I have theories and opinions about that. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think it's a, <laughs> so that probably we shouldn't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's, I think it's a fertile topic or fertile yeah. as some might say, yeah, because, it's, uh, it's, because ultimately, like, if you look at a lot of the digital transformation talk, that's what we're, that's the main thing we're asking to happen is that like all that there's a reason we have a phrase like frozen middle and bureaucracy and middle management is because that is like, if, if you have become a manager or an executive, and I just saw a great talk from uh, Paul, um, whose last name I can never pronounce. I'll have to put a link to about, uh, you know, on my team. Uh, about oh, how yes. like Sharknado. This, Sorry, I call him Sharknado. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how this obsession with culture is maybe kind of a distraction. And one of the things he said is that like, if you are a an executive or a leader in an organization, you got to that point because of how the system currently exists. And so you're sort of being asked to completely upend and change how the system works, which sort of like that's not how humans function. <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, as, as, uh, the chairman of the board used to say, I think, you know, you dance with the one that you came with. Did he say mm -hmm. that? I feel like maybe that's on the mood indigo album somewhere. I forget. But anyways, uh, yeah, there's some weird incentives going on there that I don't think are fully sorted out. Uh, yep. you know, even in the Phoenix project or whatever. So yep. we should sort that out. Well, anyways, so, uh, this week, September second and third, there's spring one, spring one going on. It's totally free to attend and and, uh, and look up. There's a whole lot of other uh, talks that are coming up. But even if you can't attend it live, I think uh, you should go there if you listen to this and you can check out the talks that we've highlighted. And there's going to be a tremendous amount of other talks. Like I know that everyone who curates these talks, they make sure that it's um, you know 
talks that, uh, as we were saying, that sort of like organizations do, users of the software. But if you're not into that, the kind of like more meatware stuff that I know Rita and I enjoy uh, mm-hmm. above all else, there's also just like straight up coding, lots of people with their terminals, making their fonts really big so you can see them typing. And they're going to show you how to do all sorts of coding stuff and uh, everything here and there in between. Uh, I'm going to be excited to tune into the James Governor t- keynote, see what his, the situation with his hair and beard is at the moment. <laughs> It's always it's always a, a fun surprise. See what he's yes. talking about. I'm, I don't know. Is there going to be some progressive delivery in there? No, but I think there's going to be rainbows and butterflies. Oh, oh perhaps, nice. perhaps. I, I don't I know. I hear rumors. I don't know. I was uh, all I did was all I did was bring them together, bring the people together, and let them do their thing. I'm uh, I'm not up to speed on the current red red monk uh, memes. So uh, he, smokestack is something he's been talking about. I oh, think that's right. About that. So yeah, um, yeah. that's cool. That's yeah. Good. That's our good, good friend James he's always fun yeah all right well with that this has been another Tanzu talk uh mm-hmm. sadly not live streamed at this time but uh as you know we, we've uh, more or less started live streaming our episodes if you go to twitch.tv slash VMware Tanzu we uh you know when, except for those times when we don't we will live stream at uh let's see Mondays at uh what time is it Pacific 8 a.m Pacific 8 a.m. Pacific, Rita's favorite time of day. You're killing me on a Monday morning. <laughs> it took me a long time to get my career to be like, you know what? I should not do calls first thing Monday morning because unless so I- that you know it's high value because uh, <laughs> because because Rita's doing it now. Thankfully, it's 5 p.m. Amsterdam time for me, which which mm-hmm. you know is. Uh, uh, equally mildly onerous time, but it's fine. <laughs> but we, we value the content. So you can uh, you can see us streaming there. And also you can go to uh, tanzu.vmware.com slash podcast to th- see the show notes, including the uh, talks that we recommended. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>